Julie, it's good again to be in the house of the Lord, and it's good to see uh, the many saints who have come out likewise to continue worship and praise unto our Lord and God, our Father. If you allow me to direct your attention to the book of Revelation, the chapter is 7. We will commence at verse number 1, and we will terminate at verse number 14. We will first go through verses 1 through 4, and then we will drop down to verse number 9 and continue through verse number 14. And your Bible reads... And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. If we drop down to verse number nine, verses number five through eight, uh, share those tribes uh, which the writer is speaking of. In verse number nine, the writings continued, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. Verse number 10, And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the angels, about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And hence came they. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, 
These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I want to speak on the subject topic. These are they. These are they. As we know, the book of Revelation is a book of signs and symbols. And this particular passage begins with John experiencing his his fourth vision. In the book of Revelations, actually from the island of Patmos. For in chapter 1, being in exile on that island of Patmos, John, he was caught up in the spirit before writing to the seven churches of Asia Minor. In chapter 4, he was in the spirit and beheld the throne of God. In chapters 5 and 6, he envisions the sealed books and seals 1 through 6. And in chapter 7, our current text, John, he witnesses four angels holding the north, south, east, and west winds, respectively. Angels who were poised to hurt the earth. Another angel ascends from the east, having the seal of the living God, exclaiming with a loud voice, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Through this vision of John, we can actually witness uh, something about God that perhaps we have never considered witnessing before. And that is the love, the power, and the patience of God. See, the winds were restrained by the angels of God standing on the four corners of the earth, proving that all things are under the power and the command of God and that nothing goes forth till he permits it to go forth. Note that the angel's restraint was only for a season and that it was till the servants of God were sealed in their foreheads. Now, a seal in the Old Testament uh, usually served to certify a signature or to authenticate a letter or other document. The word seal in the book of Revelations, it is used uh, in a figurative sense of an outward condition. Second Timothy chapter 2 and in verse number 19 lets us know that nevertheless the foundation of God Stand sure, having this seal. And what is that seal? That the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The statement, till the servants of God uh, were sealed in their foreheads, is to say, till the servants of God have been authenticated. When we flip back, one chapter to uh, Revelations chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. The Bible writes, And when the Lamb broke the fifth seal, 
I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred uh, for the word of God and for being faithful in their witness. They called loudly to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before you judge the people who belong to this world for what they have done to us? Actually, what's being asked is, how long will it be before you judge all of the followers of Satan? When will you avenge our blood against these people? And in verse number 11, verse number 11 it is written, then a white robe was given to each of them. And they were told to rest a little longer until the full numbers of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus, have been mortared or killed as well. Peter he also informs us in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9 that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The love of God is him not willing that any should perish. The power of God is that all things are under his restraint. And the patience of God is he is long-suffering toward us. Sealed were 144,000 of all the tribes of Israel, followed by a great multitude of all nations which no man could number, clothed in white robes and a palm in their hand to signify victory. An elder asked John a question. And he's not asking this question for his own information, but rather he's asking this question uh, for John's instruction. Now, if you've ever visited uh, perhaps an educational establishment or maybe a, a religious historical site, a museum, or another a venue that's of significant interest. You may have been greeted by an escort or escorted by a tour guide, a person who provides assistance, uh, a person who provides information on cultural, historical, and contemporary heritage to the people on this organized tour. So here it is, it is as though John, uh, he is approached and greeted by his own personal heavenly tour guide who wants to test his knowledge. The question, having two parts, what are these that are arrayed in white robes? And number two, whence came they? He wasn't asking this question uh, that a governmental uh, census worker might ask, referring to uh, the state of residence or uh, ethnical background, but rather it is a question that uh, se is seemingly spoken by a way of admiration. You know how we do when uh, we admire someone for something I, I maybe I can help you understand this a little bit better 
You see, I have a little friend in, in, in this audience. Her name is Jayla Bodyford. Now, as we know, Jayla, at least on her last report card, has been a straight-A student. She has achieved um, excellence in all of her academic endeavors. But I can also envision Sister Iris and Brother Jasper Bodyford attending perhaps a parent uh, fellowship, maybe a PTA, maybe an event that Jayla is a part of. Now, can't you see Sister Iris meeting with perhaps some of the other parents saying, that's my daughter. Can't you see her saying that? That's my daughter. No, 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 no. That's my daughter. Jayla Bodyford is her name. You see, any other daughter won't do. Now, Jayla being an A student perhaps is enemy number one to all of her C, D, and F uh, grade average classmates. But however, special emphasis is placed on Jayla from her parents because, number one, they know of her academic achievements. Not only because Jayla is their daughter, but they're willing to uh, place the special emphasis because of someone that they admire. John's response, sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. You know, it said that you don't have to look for trouble. For trouble has a way of finding you. I've said it before and I'll say it again because it's still in the Bible that Job chapter 14 and verse number 1 states that man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. You see, when trouble comes, it usually comes uninvited. Uh, when trouble comes, it usually comes without warning. And when it comes, it temporarily or permanently alters one's lifestyle. You see, no one likes trouble because trouble causes panic. That's just the way trouble is. Trouble causes undesirable stress undesirable grief and undesirable pain because that's just the way trouble is. Trouble is no respecter of persons. It doesn't care who you are or where you live, whether you live on the grid or off the grid because that's just the way trouble is. Trouble doesn't care whether you are upper, lower, or middle class 
whether you are broke, busted, or as some say, disgusted, because that's just the way trouble is. Trouble doesn't care where you went to school or how many degrees you may have acquired. In time, trouble will find its way to your address, and you've got to address trouble's problem because that's just the way trouble is. Trouble can come in many different forms. It comes in the form of heavy burden, the form of misery, or the form of hurtfulness. When heavily burdened, one may feel that he or she can't go on another day, feeling overwhelmed by the caretaking of a sick or elderly family member, the death of a friend or a relative, mounting pressures of financial obligations, financial commitments, feelings of loneliness and depression make it unbearable to summon the strength to make it just another day. When troubled by misery, a child, a parent, or a close friend that's crying inconsolably because of excruciating pain, whether it be physically or emotionally, or misery from a broken promise or a broken agreement uh, that has resulted in the severed ties of a once unified family unit. When troubled by hurt, we hurt when we ourselves are pained from a lengthy illness. We hurt when we're passed over for that job promotion or even worse yet, the loss of a job. We hurt when we ourselves or someone that we love is trapped by the vice of alcoholism, the vice of drug addiction or gambling, for it pains us much when someone that we love no longer loves us. Even Paul he wasn't immune from trouble or its effects. For he records in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, or 2 Corinthians chapter 11 rather, and verse number 24, where he states that five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Uh, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent the night and a day in an open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in dangers from my own countrymen, in dangers from Gentiles, in dangers in the cities, in dangers in the country, in, the da in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. And in verse number 27, he says that I have labored and toiled and have gone often without sleep. I have known hunger. I've known thirst and have often gone without food, and I've also been cold and naked. You see, trouble, as we know, is a reality of life. But there is a greater reality. No matter what the trials, no matter what the crisis, uh, the reality is the presence of Christ and the comfort of the Holy Spirit within our lives. And in spite of everything that Paul experienced, he makes known in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and at verses number 7 through 10, for we have this earth that we have this treasure in earthen vessels 
that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of as us. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Jesus, he speaks these words in John chapter 16 and verse number 33, and you know it. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have what? You might have peace, for in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Mark me down, Brother Lauren Brown. (laughs) When you have Jesus, he can provide a peace and a comfort in times of trouble that can't be experienced from anywhere else. It is H.J. H.G. Stafford, uh, who writes this hymn, When peace like a river attendeth my way, and when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. And my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin in part, but the whole. My sin not in part, but the whole because you see that not is important he didn't just uh, abolish a part of my sin he abolished all of my sin and it is nailed to his cross and I bear it no more praise the Lord praise the Lord oh my soul And Lord, haste the day uh, when the faith shall be sight. Because you see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7, Paul reminds me that I walk by faith and not by sight. So Lord, haste the day when this walk of faith actually becomes sight. And the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. For the trumpet shall sound and the Lord shall descend. Even so it is well with my soul. Brother Hutchinson, he left us uh, the story of a young boy who would cut through the cemetery as he was uh, to get home. And being asked by a man who observed him every day, isn't there another way you can get home? And the boy's answer was a resounding no. There is no other way. For Paul, he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 57. He says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. You see, what's happening here is one day we are going to have to leave 
this earth. One day we're going to have to lay this body down because this body is flesh and blood. And we've got to leave it here because it is corruptible. But he continues to say, but behold, I show you a mystery uh, that we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. How soon? How quickly? In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible uh, shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written, O death. Death is swallowed up in victory, O death. Where is thy sting, O grave? Where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which hath given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ the question what are these arrayed in white robes whence came they these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of of the Lamb. These are they who were formerly of a low and desolate state, who were sometimes troubled in their own spirit, suffered the spoiling of their own goods, the imprisonment of their persons, even the loss of life itself. These are they who walked, uh, whose friends, they walked off and left them alone. You see, their hills got high and their valleys got low. Uh, They cried in the midnight hour, but they kept on trusting in the Lord. These are they who were all delivered from sorrow and the occasion of it, who shed many tears both upon the account of sin and also upon the account of affliction. But God himself with his gentle And his gracious hand, he wiped away those tears from off all their faces, never, ever to return, ever again. These are they who are happy, for they are before the throne of God night and day. They're happy to serve him continually, without weakness, weariness, or pain. Happy in the love and the guidance of the Lord Jesus, for he shall feed and lead them to fountains of water and put into their possession everything that is pleasant and everything that is refreshing to their souls. Never to hunger or thirst again. And because heaven, as we know, is a prepared place for a prepared people. These are they who prepared for the great honor and great occasion uh, securing the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. These are they whose name. These are they whose name is found written in the book of life. And on this afternoon, as you look into your own life, 
can you say as these that I am prepared for this great honor and this great occasion? If not, then why not? As God's child, has sin caused your name to be withdrawn from the book of life? If so, on this afternoon you have the opportunity to change that by coming forward and openly confessing your fault. And if you're here and you, you have uh, never been baptized into Christ, that is, you have never been added to the one church, the Church of Christ, and your name has never been written in the book of life, you too on this afternoon, have that opportunity to change that as well. First come by hearing his word as recorded in the book of John, chapter 6 and verse number 45. Believe that what you've heard, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, come with a repentant heart, Luke chapter 13 and verse number 3. Confess before this assembly that you believe Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. And complete your act of obedience by being buried in baptism uh, as recorded in the book of Acts chapter 2 and in verse number 38. For John, he further writes uh, in Revelations chapter 20 and verse number 15 that whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Make your decision. Don't allow everlasting punishment to be your fate. Make your decision as we stand together and sing the song of invitation. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us taste, oh haste, to the brink. Tis a fount of love from the source above, and he bids us all freely drink.